here's an excerpt right. from How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Great book. Yeah. Basically, there's a story about um, some guys at a at a party and they were having this argument over whether a quote that they were discussing was from a Shakespeare play or from the Bible. And um, he basically gets in the car with one of the guys that had, you know, lost the argument technically. But he, he then says, um, Frank, you knew that as, as they were on their way home, right? Yeah. Frank, you knew that quotation was from Shakespeare. Yes, of course, he replied. Hamlet, Act 5, Scene 2. But we were guests at a festive occasion, my dear Dale. Why prove to a man he is wrong? Is that going to make him like you? Why not let him save his face? He didn't ask for your opinion. He didn't want it. Why argue with him? Always avoid the acute angle. The man who said that taught me a lesson I'll never forget. I not only made the storyteller uncomfortable, but I had put my friend in an embarrassing situation. How much better it would have been had I not become argumentative. It was a sorely needed lesson because I had been an inveterate... That's above a sixth grade vocabulary word. I don't know. Inveterate. 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 Google it. Basically meaning what, like... A really strong... Almost like devout. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like a... a very passionate arguer. Okay. During my youth, I had argued with my brother about everything under the Milky Way. When I went to college, I studied logic and argumentation and went in for debating contests. Talk about being from Missouri. I was born there. I had to be shown. Later, I taught debating and argumentation in New York. And once, I'm ashamed to admit, I planned to write a book on the subject. Since then, I have listened to, engaged in, and watched the effect of thousands of arguments. As a result of all this, I have come to the conclusion there is only one way under high heaven to get the best of an argument, and that is to avoid it. Avoid it as you would avoid rattlesnakes and earthquakes. Nine times out of ten, an argument ends with each of the contestants more firmly convinced than ever that he is absolutely right. You can't win an argument. You can't because if you lose it, you lose it, and if you win it, you lose it. Why? Well, suppose you triumph over the other man and shoot his argument full of holes and prove that he is a non compos mentis, which basically hmm. means like an, an idiot, right? <laughs> then what? You feel fine, but what about him? You have made him feel inferior. You have hurt his pride. He will resent your triumph. And, and this is a quote, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. Reactions. It's like a, well, first of all, it's like a Dr. Seuss rhyme. Yeah. Right? But but it's, I mean, it's totally true, right? Yeah. Because I mean, I I know myself, I've I've uh, I've developed a uh, I don't know a reputation for always having to be right. Okay. Right, and I've I've tried I've real hard to break that over the last couple of years, but and I know with my wife in particular, she's probably told me that for. 13 years that, you know, I have to be right. I have to be right. I have to be right. And I can never admit being wrong. And, and then I'd argue that like, yeah, what, what the hell are you talking about? Exactly. That's not true, but it is true. It's, it's 100% yeah. true. And I think, you know, we've even had situations where, you know, we, we will be in front of friends or family and she'll say something that is not right. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it may be flat out wrong uh -huh. and I'll correct her. Yeah. And she doesn't even have to say anything or react, but you feel that kind of, I don't know, your, your, your stomach like ball up, like, oh crap. Yeah. Why did I just do that? Because there's really, there's no point, right? Nobody's going to remember <laughs> it the next day. It's not like everybody's yeah. going to take an ad out in the newspaper and be like, wow, this is a, or Mike's the smartest man in the world. And 
this is what we're going to do and, you know, give them an award. But I think it's, it's funny because you see it everywhere, mm-hmm. right? You see it in kids, you see it in marriages, you see it at work, you see it with customers. I mean, how many times do you have an argument with somebody that's two, three rows above you and you keep fighting, fighting, fighting for what? Yeah. You know, you know you're gonna get it. Yeah. At some point in time, <laughs> they're gonna yeah. chalk that away and be like, "All right, all right buddy, I, yeah. I remember that one." Yeah. Dude. Yeah, I think that's so huge. I mean, and I see it with my kids too. Like, they can literally go back and forth for ten or fifteen minutes. Neither of them are gonna budge. What is the point of this? But I'm not just talking about my kids. It's me as well. Like, I've been yeah. there, man. I mean, when I was younger, and I think when, it all goes back to that ego thing, right? Like, if you think someone else is wrong and you know you have the answer that ego is wanting you to say hey actually this or that or you know this is the answer but i think one of the most like telling things about like true wisdom and true maturity is like this guy in the book did like intentionally losing an argument (laughs) right because that's the ultimate sign of humility if you know 100 percent you're right that quote was from Shakespeare. It wasn't from the Bible. And you can walk away and say, yeah, it, it, it was. Like, that is, I mean, that's the goal. Yeah. That's what you should be striving for because, I mean, I've been there, same thing. I would try to use logic. I'd try to argue with my brothers, my wife, everybody, because I was convinced I was right. And But what was the point? It never does you any good. I think a good example of that is, Colors. So colors is always a, it always seems to be a thing that pops up in my house, right? Where Mm -hmm. you you can relate. You got, you got six different sets of eyes looking at a color and I can look at something and say 100% that's, that's blue. But my daughter can look at it and say, that's purple. And then my wife can come and be like, no, actually you're both wrong. It's, it's more of a violet shade. Yeah. And you know, then you look at the science of it and you actually find out that, you know, most men are some version of colorblind. Yeah. Right. Or are we colorblind or, are, you know, females just color, you know, heightened, right? Like, is that like a super sense yeah. they have? And, and I think it's funny because it, it all comes down to perception. It comes down to what you believe in your brain, what you've experienced, what you've seen. And I know 100% that that umbrella is green, mm-hmm. but you may honestly see that umbrella and it's blue. Yeah. You're right. And I'm right. Yeah. But, but I think, you know, to your point, it takes the, 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 the bigger person to be like, oh, yeah, man, you know what? Never thought of it from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that is blue. Holy crap. Oh, <laughs> man, the last 20 years I thought Starbucks was green. It's actually blue. Who yeah. knew? Yeah, yeah. Right? Because then you're going you're gonna to feel good. And just as humans like to help people, well, I'm going to feel good. I'll be like, oh, man, I, all right, that was worth it. That yeah. was worth him feeling good. Yeah. No, that's. So, so here we are talking about. You know, that book, right? So, you know, How to Win Friends, you know, Influence People. When was that book first written? Like, early 1900s, right? Like, 1920s, maybe 1930s? Yeah. I first read that book in 2017. Okay. And thought that I stumbled on, like, some new piece of literature. (laughs) This says copyright 1936. Yeah. Come to find out that, oh, yeah, no, uh, that was written before World War II. Yeah. Right? And and the other thing that I'm, you know, kind of embarrassed about is the only reason I picked up the book at the bookstore was because I thought he was part of 
the Carnegies from like Carnegie Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come to find out, he has no relation whatsoever. But in that book, he does talk about how yeah. he used to definitely play off of that. Yeah. Which is why he moved to New York to set up all of his trainings and schools. Yeah, I because remember people that. just assumed, oh, must be part of the Carnegie family. He's like, <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. And he made a fortune off of it, right? But yeah. I think it's it's just crazy that some of these lessons that are in that book are still 100% relevant today, and most people don't practice them. You know yeah. everything in that book, right? Yeah. Every single thing in that book, you know. Yeah. But no one does it because we forget that stuff. And one of the things that thing, you know, talks about in the book is, is you know, back to accountability, right? It's, I think, in the first, first like, two or three pages, it says, read this book and then share what you learn in the book with people that love you, people that care about you, mm-hmm. and have them hold you accountable for all the principles in that book. Yeah. And how many people do you think do that? Dude, no. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's like we, like we talk about, like, the concepts in it are so simple, but if you just let your mind lapse for just a minute, like, you're already out of it. Like, you know, that family get together on Thanksgiving and there's an argument that comes up, you're going to jump right in. <laughs> Unless, like, yep. you've trained your mind to get out of it. And, you know, it's just like any other, I think it's like any other skill that you train yourself long enough, you get good at it. Yeah, but it, but it is, it's tough, right? Yeah. It's, it's tough, too, because I think, I mean, again, I mean, we're we're always striving, you know, to, to win, right? We, we want to win, mm-hmm. you know, but, but I think, you know, as we've talked in, in previous, you know, podcasts, you know, what is winning? What is success? Right, it's going to be different to everybody, and success isn't necessarily winning, and winning doesn't necessarily equal success. But I think that's a tough thing in our world, especially now where everything is, you know, bigger, faster, stronger. How do I get there the quickest? Right? How do I make the most money? How do I buy the most cars? You know, it's hard to to have that in your brain, but then also say, well, wait a minute, that's not how I'm supposed to act. That's yeah. not what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's um, sort of the idea of putting the cart before the horse Mm -hmm. in the sense that if you want those cars and that big house and all these things, you know, you start with the principles. Yep. And the person that you are is what's going to determine where you end up. It's not the other way around, you know, because you see that all the time with people that, you know, make a bunch of money or, you know, especially like lottery winners, right? (laughs) It's always like, I actually heard something recently that they've done studies on lottery winners and their happiness level a year mm. after they've won the lottery and a double amputee and their ha- level of happiness after a year. And the double amputees are much happier people a year after their bad situation happened than the lottery winners. I mean, that, you know? I, I, I believe that, right? Yeah. I mean, but, but it's also, you know, I think probably... 15 years ago, right? Just, you know, from a maturity standpoint, there's no way I would have believed you. I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. But I think, you know, the, the older you get, right? And, and, you know, obviously with kids, when you watch them grow, you just realize that, man, like time is precious, right? It's the most valuable commodity, number one. But number two, I think you look at it and you go, I mean, truly, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger, right? Like it is a 100% fact. So you yeah. take a double amputee, somebody who was at, you know, I mean, they're they're totally just giving up. Right? They're probably, oh my God, like my life is over, yeah. right? I'll never do this again. I'll never do that again. That's your initial focus. But, you know, a month later, you start to 
you know, get over it, right? You yeah. lick your wounds and you move forward. Two months in, three months in, a year later, now all of a sudden you've got, you know, prosthetics. You're actually, I mean, I, I got buddies that, you know, have prosthetics in there. They run marathons. Yeah. I mean, like, that that's crazy. Yeah. So think of how much your fortunes can change. Yeah. And the things that you've proven to yourself over that year, that's oh, yeah. what <laughs> gives you that self-confidence that makes you happy. Whereas the lottery winners went out and blew it. And how do they feel about themselves now? Yep. You know, so, hey, speaking of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Why don't you share the story about the, uh, hmm. what happened to you down in Florida? So no, no, it happened up in Maryland and I moved to Florida as a result. But, okay. But yeah, so, uh, I was, so I played football in college and, uh, nothing big, just D3, mm -hmm. but uh, I was coming back from a, uh, we had a, we had a party one night. And uh, it was a joint party between the football team and the lacrosse team. And pretty much everybody at the school was there. We're hanging out. And, uh, yeah, we had our quarterback at the front door, you know, just kind of collecting money, right? I mean, you think college parties, what do you <laughs> I think we charged, like, I think it was, like, $5 to get in. Nice. And it was all the beer and, you know, vodka lemonade you can drink, whatever it was, okay. right? I think we had, like, jungle juice or and, something. And right? the football team was hosting. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we were all there. And there was a there was a group. Everybody's having a good time. Everything was fine, but there was a group of guys, about maybe four or five guys, that showed up, and they were giving the the quarterback a hard time. Like he was like, "I have five bucks," and you know the guys like, "Oh, we don't have that. Come on, like help hook us up, man. Let us in. Let us in." He's like, "No, dude, five bucks." And one of the guys like tried to hand him like three dollars. He's like, "Here, we'll give you three dollars each," and he's like, "It's five dollars," and it started getting a little loud. And, you know, a couple of the offensive linemen heard it, came out to the front porch, like, is there a problem? All of a sudden, the guys had $5 each, right? So they gave the $5. Yeah. They came in. Everything was fine. They were there for about 10 minutes. And they started running their mouths to a couple other people, like, messing with some of the girls. So we kind of asked them, like, hey, guys, you know what? Had you ever met these guys before? Never met them, never saw them, right? Okay. And it was a small school. I mean, yeah. you know, Frostburg, I mean, small, small school. Yeah. So, you know, no one ever ever saw them, knew who they were. They left, and uh, as they were leaving, they're running their mouths to one of my roommates who played lacrosse at the time, and then another one of my roommates who played football, just, you know, just John, you know, nothing big. So they end up leaving, disappear, everything's gone. We end up going about an hour, hour, hour and a half later. We leave that party because everybody's going back to our house afterwards for, for kind of the party after the party, right? We yeah, yeah. college. So we walk back to campus so that one of our other buddies can drop some stuff off at his room. We walk down, and I'm kind of standing. And at the time, I mean, I'm in a, you know, I got a baseball hat, you know, Yankees hat, of course. Backwards, <laughs> I've got shorts, short sleeve shirt, no shoes on, right? I'm barefoot, just walking yeah. around. And my roommate, who played lacrosse, was up, like, to, to get to the dorm, there was, uh, like, concrete stairs, I don't know, maybe, like, the equivalent of like two and a half flights of stairs, like steps to get up there. So he's he's like kind of squatting down at the top of the steps with his back towards the bottom of the stairs. And I'm standing there talking to a couple guys, and out of the corner of my eye, I just see him tumbling down the stairs backwards. And I like look just above him, and a guy just totally cold cocking from behind. Yeah. And it was one of the guys that was giving us a hard time at the party. And I'm like, yeah, kind of look for a second, and, you know, you kind of like freeze and you have that whole like, you know, fight or flight. Yeah. I friggin' sprinted. 
somehow like flew down to the bottom of the stairs and saw him just getting pounded on by these two guys. So I ran over and just started throwing haymakers. I mean, I'm if anybody got in the way, they're going down. I don't care. There was no like thought to it, just yeah. throwing hams. And next thing I know, you know, there's like four guys just pounding me in the head, and I've got one of them on the ground. And I'm just kind of like the scene from um, the Christmas story when mm-hmm. Ralphie has a kid just pinned <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah. Just that, I'm, I mean, I'm like wailing on this kid's head like it's no one's business, and I'm getting hit in mine. Didn't feel anything. And I just had so much adrenaline pumping because, you know, five or six guys just beating the crap out of my roommate from yeah. behind yeah. down steps, right? Yeah. So I, I jump up and grab another guy and we're going at it knocked him down got another guy you know kind of gave him the old knee to the face (laughs) he's on the ground yeah and the whole time it's just like all right who's next who's next and one of the guys takes off running right and i'm like trying to catch him but a guy grabs onto the back of my neck so i fight him i think he gets away all of a sudden out of nowhere one of our defensive backs comes like like just a bolt of lightning and like like jumps on the guy's back and pulls him to the ground and just starts pounding him and i'm like oh yeah this is it's like the whole campus is not popping up anyways fight's over you know we we go about our business i go grab my roommate he's uh he's bleeding pretty bad out of his his face you know his he can't move like his his legs all jacked up like his his ankle so i'm like all right man let's get you upstairs so we get him upstairs you know everybody's talking i said hey give me your shirt so I, I took my shirt off, put his shirt on, and I went back down to the bottom of the stairs, thinking those guys would come back like for seconds. <laughs> so I was okay. sitting there like a duck, like just waiting, like, please come back. Please come back, because I want more. Yeah. They never came back. Everything's good. <laughs> you know, we end up going back to our house. Bunch of people come over. Everybody's drinking, having a good time. And one of uh, one of my buddy's uh, girlfriends wants to go back to campus, and he's kind of being a jerk off. He's like, I'm not walking you back. Like, why don't you stay here? You know, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, you know what? I'll walk you back. No problem. And at this point, it's probably 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm wasted. I mean, absolutely wasted. So I'm walking back. My other roommate, big offensive lineman, is walking behind me. And I didn't know, but I'm glad he was. He's walking behind me, and I kind of looked over my shoulder and saw him. I was like, oh, cool. So we get down to the campus, and the back of her dorm, and there's a group of about four, four or five guys. And the first thing that pops in my head was, oh, shit. I was like, I can't even stand, let alone fight right now, right? So yeah. I get down there, and the whole time I'm just you know, kind of playing in my head, all right, how's this going to go down? Can I fight if I have to? What's going to happen? Like, let's just try to avoid it. So we walk up, and I... I know it's them, and one of the the main, we'll call him the ringleader, turns, and he walks up, and he's like, hey, man, he's like, you know, I I don't want to fight you again. Like, it's cool, man. I'm sorry. He's like, it's the first time I ever did PCP. He's like, I was wigging out. I'm sorry. And I'm looking at him like, I can't even hear this guy because I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So he he starts, like, walking away, like, kind of, like, backing up, like, with his hands up. And I'm, like, thinking, like, dude, I'm... I am not going to fight you. Like, yeah. you know, and, and I told him, I say, man, you know, the only reason I jumped in, I was like, what would you do? I was like, you turn around and, you know, one of your buddies is getting pounded on by five guys. Yeah. I hope you're going to jump in, right? So he starts, like, getting mad now. He's like, he's like, you know, you had no business getting, in, you know, getting involved. That didn't concern you. 
you know, he shouldn't have run his mouth. And I'm like, run his mouth. I was like, dude, hold on, man. Like you, you hit him from behind at the top of the stairs. Like who, who? I was like, you know what? I was like, you're a, you're a P you're this. Like I'm like calling him everything. And all of a sudden I hear this. He's like, dude, it's cool. Like, just don't worry about it. It's cool. Like whatever, but you didn't have to get involved. I was just kept saying it. And I was starting to get mad. Like, don't tell me that I shouldn't have jumped in. Like you are out of yeah. your mind. Yeah. But then I hear this thump like up behind me. And I turn, you know, I'm like, I look over my shoulder and I see my roommate just blood pouring out of his mouth. And I'm like, what the hell? And I see this, this other guy, this guy had thrown a brick at him, hit him right in the face, like literally just tossed it like four or five feet from him, hit him in the face. My roommate grabbed the guy like by the scruff of his neck and just started slamming his head up against the side of the brick building. Like, yeah. and I was like, oh, this guy is going to die. Like, holy crap. But as I was turning back to face the guy in front of me, it was like the perfect timing. I'm turning to the right and he's running from like six feet away and just boom, just clocked me right in the, like right in the temple. And dude, you talk about like sweet chin music. I, man, I, like, it was like I was going into the tunnel of love because my eyes, just everything started closing black and, and I went, oh, crap. And it was like I was paralyzed, man. It was like, yeah. all I thought was, all right, block, block. I was like, get your fists up. And I'm like, like Hulk Hogan, like picture like Hulkamania when he's like doing that like spit flying everywhere. Right. But I'm like, I try to pull my hands up and they just like fell. And I remember like the last thing I saw, I, I like kind of opened one eye and I looked up at the guy and. He hit me one more time, like right in the eye, lights out. And I landed, so I was standing, it was back, like picture picture an old dorm with like a, kind of like a parking lot behind it. I landed face first, without breaking my fall at all, right on the left side of my face. And this dude decided to jump on the back of my head like three times. And my roommate at this point had like two or three guys on him and he's trying to get to me. The girl's screaming. The police station is maybe 30 feet away from us. No one comes. Yeah. And the whole time, I'm, I'm out cold. I mean, I'm like out cold. And this, this guy's jumping on the back of my head. He takes the brick that the other guy threw and starts hitting me in the side of the face, the right side of my face. And then my roommate broke free. And as soon as he saw that big bastard coming, the guy took off running, right? And they're all out of there. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm like pushing myself up. So I don't know if it was 30 seconds later, if it was a minute later, I'm pushing myself up and I can't see anything, but I like kind of did like a half push up and fell back down and hit my face again. And I just remember being like, what the hell am I doing laying in so much water? It wasn't water, it was blood. Like yeah. it was, I would say, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to show this on voice, but I would say like, a like a, a, a circle of blood that was like six to eight inches in diameter. I was going to say like, like Amazon crazy, river, dude. like crazy, man, <laughs> yeah. but like, yeah, like thick. And, yeah. and, and, you know, again, cause it was, it was That's head. Crazy. So that bleeds a lot. Right. But I remember pushing myself up finally. And then he helped me stand up and I, my eyes were like completely glued shut and I was feeling around for my hat. And I remember I tried to put my hat back on and it wouldn't fit on my head. Cause it was so like. Like, think of, like, uh, did you see that UFC fight the other night with the two uh, chicks? Oh, man. This was one of the best fights I've ever really? seen. Really? Oh, dude. Like, they got after it. I mean, it was a phenomenal <laughs> okay. fight. But that's what my face felt like. It was just so, like, Quasimodo-esque. Yeah. 
So I, but I couldn't get my hat on. It wouldn't fit on my head. And uh, they were like, hey, man, we got to get to the hospital. I was like, no, 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 no. Just, just take me home. Just take me home. Let's go home. I'm going to sleep. So, and that was before all the concussion bullshit. But so we end up, we, get, we walk back to the house. And somehow some, like, paramedic or some, like, some guy that said he was a paramedic followed us and wanted to, like, look at me. So he's like, hey, hey, man, let me, you know, let me wash it off. Let me look at you. And I basically, like, tried to fight him because I was like, get the hell off of me. Yeah. I went in my room, closed the door. My roommates came in, held me down and, like, washed my face off with rubbing alcohol. And I ended up punching through the window, threw the rubbing alcohol out the window and told them they were next. <laughs> so then I was like, just get, get out of my room. Like, get out of my room now. So they got out of the room. I locked the door and... I think I slept for like a day and a half. And <laughs> finally, like they ended up breaking the door down and they're like, dude, you need to go to the hospital. I was like, I'm not going anywhere. So they called my mother, who was a nurse at the time, and she drove up and was like, you need to go to the hospital. And I ended up going to the hospital there in good old Cumberland. Let me tell you, <laughs> the finest surgeons on earth. <laughs> what, what the guy wanted to do. So he took x-rays. And what he said, and I, that was my first cat, first CAT scan. I don't know if you've ever had a CAT scan. No. Talk about claustrophobia. Scared the hell out of me. Because you're just in this tunnel, like, and you can't move. Yeah. But anyways, they uh, they took x-rays. They found out that my jaw was broke in three places. I had what they call a tripod fracture. Like, my bone here was broke. My bone up here was broke. My bone here. So basically, my whole eye socket was crushed. And what was crazy was all the broken bones... It wasn't where he hit me, so he hit like a bitch because nothing on the right side of my face was broken with the brick, with his hand, nothing. It was all from the impact of the ground. Jumping on your head. head. Yep. Yeah. It was the impact of the ground or maybe just falling at, you know, 225 pounds at the time. Yeah. But so the, the guy that wanted to do the surgery told me what he was going to do. He showed me the x-rays, you know, this and that. But, you know, my mother, again, being a nurse, was like, nah, you know, let's, let's try to go somewhere closer to home and see if the doctor's saying anything different. So I went to a guy in Reston, and the guy, uh, he asked me, he's like, hey, so what were they going to do? And I told him, and he's like, let me show you something. So what happened was this, on the bottom part of my eye, the bone was like broken half, basically. But a piece of the bone was stabbing into the back of my eyeball. What the first doctor wanted to do is he wanted to cut an incision on the hairline and stick like a, like a metal pipe down there and push <laughs> push the bone back in place and this guy <laughs> marty morse is his name dude the, the, the guy was like freaking angel this guy was like he called that other doctor and he was like you would have killed this kid and they it turns out they went to medical school together too which was really funny right but he said that basically what would have happened is he would have popped the jaw back and it would have gone straight through my eyeball and he's like your eyeball would have popped out just like on a movie your ball it would have just been like <laughs> and like rolled off the table so anyways, we didn't do that. <laughs> we went with his, you know, reconstruct the surgery where he basically, he didn't, he didn't touch the jaw. He just put a, a metal plate here and a metal plate here. So I tell my kids and it works that I'm a robot. <laughs> and if they piss me off, the robot's going to come out. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty yeah. wild though, because what I didn't say was four days before that, I was driving back from a Tim McGraw concert and I was going down 68 through the mountains there and actually flipped my car uh, six times down the side of an embankment. And uh, didn't have my seatbelt on, but I think that's what saved my life. Because I, really? yeah, because I actually went 
my head hit the glass window, but then I flew to the passenger side too. But if I had a seatbelt on, it would stay stationary, and the car would have just rolled right on my head. Yeah. But these two rednecks found me. That's crazy. These two rednecks found me, flipped my car over, and they, they're like, hey, you need a tow? And I was like, yeah. Gave me a tow, like, back out of the grass onto the road, and I did a U-turn and continued on driving home. I had no windshield. <laughs> wow. And, and, and two days later, I found out that I had no master cylinder, so I had no brake fluid in my brakes. So I had no brakes. I had no windshield. <laughs> And I still drove, and I was going like maybe 15 miles an hour, but I still made it home. And then yeah. got the shit beat out of me four days later. So I think I had two con two concussions in the same week. So which, how, what sort of recovery was that? Like how, how long it, it, before you felt like back to normal? Um, it took me about a year before I felt back to normal, but it was more, like in my opinion, nobody can beat me up. Mm -hmm. Nobody, right? And obviously there's guys that can. But John Cena. Yeah, yeah. I'll take, I'll take it. No, but no, nobody can beat me up in in yeah. a sense of I don't. I've never started a fight in my life. Like I've yeah. never once started a fight. Right. So, you know, for me to literally, I mean, I look at it as those guys were pissed off because you know there were five or six of them, and I kicked the shit out of all of them, and they were pissed about it. Mm -hmm. So they they ultimately got the revenge. They won. Right. Like good job. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's one of those things where. My, so what had happened was my optical nerve was hit. So I had like, I was almost like a stroke patient, right? I had like no feeling or movement on the left side of my face for, I'd say probably six months. Yeah. And I had no peripheral vision, right? So like, I got a couple of buddies that went to Mason and, you know, I was like, you know, obviously I moved back home. I was kind of living in the basement. I was like the creature under the stairs, right? Like, Burr. and, uh. I went to a party one night with uh, one of my buddies at Mason, and I went from this guy that, like, never got in fights, unless I absolutely had to, to I wanted to fight everybody, because I didn't trust anyone, right? So, yeah. like, and I couldn't see you, so, like, if you bumped into me, you know, instantly I'm turning, like, so I would go to these parties, and I would stand in the corner of the room with my back against the wall so that nobody could come from the left of me, only from the right. Yeah. Which is weird, right? Yeah. Like, I was, like, paranoid... Like John Rambo, kind of, right? No, I think that maybe like a slight case of PTSD. Yeah, right. Because it was such a traumatic thing, right? But like, 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 like crazy, man. And it, it was. That's that's what you hear about guys that come back from war zones. They're standing in the corner of the room. Any little noise or any little sound is gonna like they freak them out. Yeah, know? yeah. And it was like, and, and I didn't uh, like. I got. I mean, I got like Percocet. And this is before everybody got like addicted to painkillers and stuff, right? But I got Percocet, and I, I mean, I, I took them, but I didn't really need them. I mean, I was in a shitload of pain, but my face was pretty much, like, numb. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of wild, but then, of course, I ended up moving to Florida because of it. So, it all, everything happens for a reason, right? And I ended up moving to Florida and started playing rugby. Yeah. Right? So, the doctor told me, he's like, do not play any more contact sports. So, I was done with football, you know, done with everything, but I figured rugby <laughs> was okay. And I didn't have insurance either after that, so. <laughs> That's pretty stupid. Yeah. But, but anyways... You know, it's one of those things where I think, you know, you, like, that doesn't define me. Right? It's not like I'm like, oh, I got beat up on a big wuss, so I'm going to feel sorry for myself. And, and yeah. I certainly went through that. I certainly went through the whole, like, well, what was me? Yeah. But you get over it, yeah. right? When I mean, you're that age, that's what you're thinking. Like, that's a big deal. Yeah. Now yeah, exactly. you're like, that wasn't a big deal. I was sticking up for my boys. Right. That, and they cold caught me from behind. Yeah. It's, like, it's, well, we talk about doing the right thing all the time, right? Yeah. It's, it, that was, that was doing the right thing. And. Yeah, it sucked. You know, I mean, it, my pride took a huge hit because I was like, whoa, I got kicked my ass. 
right? One guy kicked my ass, but you know, the more I kind of played it back and, and now obviously I look at him, I'm like, dude, I, I want a rematch, right? Like <laughs> I won the first one. He won the second one. Let's do round three because I'm about 55 pounds heavier now. <laughs> and he's probably in jail or dead because, you know, they were that kind of, they were those kind of guys, yeah. you know, like uh, homie punks. Yeah. But, but it was pretty wild. Was there any sort of like big takeaways like in life, like coming out of that? Or were you still so young? You didn't really, you didn't really think about um, it too deep. So I don't know, man. It was it, it like was, change anything in your mind. It 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 changed. So what it changed was it made me realize that the university really did not like the football team, yeah. Um, especially the president and the police, because what was crazy about it, like I sh I should have again played the victim card and sued the shit out of the school because when I when I tell you the police station was twenty feet away, I mean literally where we're sitting, that building, that's yeah. where the police station was, and there yeah. was a little fence between it. So the fact that nobody came or heard is a little weird. Yeah. Um, but what was even worse is a couple days, two days later, we uh, we actually called the police and the police came and talked to me at the house, and they said, "Well, you know, son, how old are you?" And I was I was nineteen, and he's like, "Oh yeah, so you're admitting that you were drinking?" And I said, "I was like, yeah." And he goes, "Yeah, I mean, so how do we know that any of this stuff is even true?" And I was like. What? Like, like, you know, and it, 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 like, it was one of those things where I'm like, hold on, man. Like, I, I go to school here. I play football here. Like, I've never been in trouble in my life. But because yeah. I was drinking at 19, you're right. I was underage drinking, but that means I don't remember because I, I swear to God to this day, I mean, what, 20, 26 years later, to this day, I'll never forget the guy's face. Yeah. Like, as a matter of fact, about 10 years ago, I saw a guy that looked very similar to him. And I had to go over and introduce myself. Wasn't him, but like, like once I talked to him. But I was like, man, I'll, I'm gonna rip this guy's head off. Like, you know, but it's, it's there's yeah. certain things that, like, and, and I'm also one of those people that when adrenaline gets going, you get your like your super senses going. Like, yeah. you don't forget shit like that, right? Yeah. I'm not someone that. I mean, although when I see blood, I don't like that. Other people's blood, yeah, <laughs> don't like it. But, but I don't know, man. I think the big takeaway for me is. Yeah, it all comes back to the freaking what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? You're going through <laughs> shitty things. So what? So is everybody else. Yeah. Right? I mean, and I tell that story to some people sometimes, and, and they've got stories that they've got 10 more that are worse. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, man. Like, all right. Because I don't look at it as a competition. I look at it as, man, we're all full of bumps and bruises. Freaking take your take your lumps and keep on leaning forward. Yeah. Right? Don't, don't turn the other way. and give up because because yeah. you wouldn't be sitting where you are yeah. you know, if you didn't i mean i'm sure you got some freaking <laughs> i've never never like those sort of fight stories but i've been in some kind of hairy situations maybe in another podcast yeah. i'll talk about some of this stuff yeah i, I mean but... we probably uh i don't know i always joke around about i tell my my wife and kids that you know i believe everybody has nine lives i'm probably six and a half maybe seven <laughs> I mean, I've been hit by cars. I've had trees fall on my head. <laughs> what? Yeah, I've had yeah, yeah, all kinds of crazy stuff. But again, I think that's what makes that's what makes life fun, right? Yeah. Not not when you're going through it, but after the fact. And then you know you tell your kids stories of hey, yeah, when I was your age, this is what happened. Yeah, and and some of them are embellished, right? Uh -huh. you know, walking to school, Dude, uphill kids both ways. love those stories. But that's that's the thing. It's like you ever seen. Uh, that movie, Big Fish? No. 
Dude, watch it. Really? That's the whole purpose of the movie is the guy's dad is just such a storyteller. Nothing he ever tells him is true. <laughs> but yeah, he's so entertained and he just has such an awesome outlook on life because of all these stories that his dad told him. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I um I tell my six year old a story every night, just because it's tradition now, and so every night he wants me to tell him a story, and nine times out of ten I said, "You want a true story? Or you want something just a made up?" And he likes the made up ones. Yeah, man. So I just tell him some crazy thing. He loves it, and every once in a while I'll tell him a true one, and I'll embellish well, well, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you but you have to, yeah. right? I mean, it's yeah. it's people want to be entertained, right? Yeah. And it's. I mean, why do we watch the movies we watch? Why do we read the books we read? I mean, you know, like, nothing you see on TV is real. Yeah. But why not have, you know, make-believe stories that actually have good good endings, right? They don't have to be cheesy, sappy, like Disney princess stuff, but just, yeah. you know, good over evil, mm-hmm. right? Good stories that people, I think, can, can learn from and grow from. Yeah. Man. I feel like I just... Been going uh, for a little bit, man. another fight. <laughs> Yeah. And I haven't been in a fight in like 20 years, so. So you're due for one. Yeah. That's a, although I guess, I guess my, uh, my kids always want to, they always seem to want to like fight and wrestle. Like yeah. always, yeah. always. Three of them. My oldest one wants nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. I don't know why I always say that. Cool, man. Because it's cool. It's, it's time to. <laughs> wrap it up. time to wrap it up. Yeah. Got crap going down. Yeah, man. I got to get home uh, as well. So I will. Uh, the big D tomorrow. Have fun. Yeah, yeah nice early flight. 6.30. Yep. Uh, hopefully I get through the uh, coronavirus. I don't know. It's everywhere. <laughs> All right, buddy.